preaching. And the church said, hey, man, man, I like it when ladies come in there on that part. Man, there's nothing acapella. There's nothing like it. Um, you know, when it, 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 but I will tell you, there's nothing like it when it doesn't sound too good either. Um, <laughs> sometimes I can see why they're ding, 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 and you know what I'm saying? But that's okay. Um, God is good and hears our hearts. And that's what he's looking for. It's what he's longing for. And um, we're just, I just love lifting his name up. And um, thank you for being here today. It's a little early for some. This is not a Bible class. This is actually worship service. Um, somebody's bound to walk in about oh, 45 minutes from now. Say, what's going on? Again, we just need to invite them to come down front and repent. <laughs> Time change. Winston Churchill was once asked... Doesn't it thrill you to know that every time that you make a speech, the halls are packed to overflowing? His response was, I liked. He said, oh, it's quite flattering, he says. But whenever I feel that way, he said, I always remember that if instead of, and I was making a political speech, I was being hanged, the crowd would be twice as large. You know, in keeping step with Jesus in our journey together, will help us grow spiritually. And so we want to keep in step with what Jesus would have us to do. He's given us this time here on this earth to do something not and to be something. He's placed us in the body of Christ for a reason. He's placed us in the body of Christ um, in this unity in Christ Jesus that we talked about last week and the importance of unity. And the unity wasn't as, as, as the, all the differences that we might have or it wasn't all the preferences that we might choose. It was actually through Christ and in Christ Jesus that we are united with God. And being united with Him, then He places us in the body exactly where He chooses to. Today, you chose to set where you're at. You made that decision. You made a decision to be here. You've made a decision a member of Western Hills. And in that process, you've made that decision. But when God calls you into his family, he tells us that he places you where he chooses to place you. The question is, are we listening to what God has chose for us to be and to do in his kingdom? Are we in the place that God would have us to be so when we learn and when we, we take this series that we've been in of growing spiritually, hopefully our hope would be is that you discover not only more of who God is, but what it is that God has planned for you and where it is that he's body. And I'm not sure why we're, we're having this. I may just need a new battery and we can change that out real quick. So let me just turn this off and somebody... Is that better? How do you know? (laughs) Okay, let's back up and start over again. 
Winston Churchill was once asked... Okay. See if you agree with this statement as we get started here this morning. God's weakness is far stronger than the greatest human strengths. Well, I would agree to that too, but keep in mind that God doesn't have a weakness. But it reminds us that we do. We all have them. You might be really, really good at something. And you might just say, boy, I'm really good at that. I am definitely better than that guy. I'm definitely better than she is. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 25, For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Why would Paul write that? Why would he write that, we say? Well, I think he penned that so that people like me could understand it because he puts it in human terms. Because we all know as reading God's Word, God is all power. There is no weakness in God. There isn't a weak link in God. God is all power, and God distributes its power the way and how He chooses to. Give me an amen. Yes, it is true that we are all given these talents, and some more than others perhaps, and some stronger in a talent than others, but it's for His glory, and if we do not use them, we lose them, as the old term says. However, there's a great blessing that comes when the believer allows him to take our weakness or your weakness with a willing heart with no talent or say perhaps a small amount of talent and watch him develop it into a power for his glory. The reason why God places you where he places you is not because he thinks less of you or more of you. He places you there so that he will be glorified in the right manner. And so if you function correctly in the body of Christ, spiritually growing in your talent, your gift where God has placed you, it glorifies God. And when you try to squeeze into another area, it doesn't glorify God. Oh, it may glorify you, but it doesn't glorify God. And many people get that turned around in their lives. Perhaps one of the things that holds a Christian back in the height that God wants to lift them to is a thing called pride. You cannot talk about humility unless you talk about pride. They're not kissing cousins, but they're real close. And there's a very fine line that divides them. But you can be deep in humility, or you can be deep in pride, or you can be shallow in humility or shallow in pride, but they are still pride or they are still humility. Which one is the answer? Jeremiah 9 says these words as we read there. It says, this is what the Lord says. That means we should listen. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong, or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts, boast about this, that they have the understanding to know me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness and justice and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares the Lord. That was pretty powerful stuff right there if you really analyze that, I guess. But in other words, God is the one that gives the wisdom. And you thought you were smart because of what you did. 
well, I worked real hard and I studied real hard and I stayed up late and I passed the test and I got the degree and I got the certificate and I got the job and so therefore I did it. God gave it to you. You must remember where it comes from. And others would say, well, he left me out completely. But God is the one that gives the wisdom. God is the one that gives you strength to carry on. God is the one that gives you the riches. And he gives all three of those things freely to who he chooses to. And when he gives them to you, there's a reason why he gives them to you. Not so that you have a big bank account that you can pass to your next generation. Although many of us have that. Many of you have that. That's wonderful. There's nothing wrong with that. But why has God given you the ability to be able to have this? Is a question that everybody needs to ask themselves. Whether it be the riches or whether it be the strength or whether it be the wisdom. He's given it so that he might be glorified. Question, are you glorifying God in your wisdom that he has given you, in your strength that he has given you, or in your riches that he has given you? When you answer those correctly, what you find and you discover is that you are then humble because you realize he's the one that gave it to you in the first place. Give me an amen. It is important to keep in mind that Christ is not impressed with your gift. Oh my, Harley. Wow, I'm just so surprised. Jesus, come here. Look at this guy down there. He is good. Not only good looking, he's really good. He didn't do that. Does he? But you see, keep in mind in all of this, he's not impressed with your gift. After all, he's the one that gave it. He is the one that gave it to you. Why? And so we may get this off and on. I'm not sure. And they're working on it and they're doing a great job. And I love everyone of them over there because it makes them pull their hair out too. But nonetheless, I don't have much to pull out, so I'm not going to do it. You see, using, and I, and I know this just through my own experiences, and I'm sure some of you have as well, but you see, using what I know that I have for God's glory is a wonderful thing, but it is also required of me. And that's the thing that people miss out on. If God gives it, there's a requirement connected to it. God gives you gives us a corn seed. Take any seed, but God gives us a corn seed with the requirement of that corn seed to do something. The corn seed wasn't given for no reason. It was given for a reason. It was given to produce something. You see what I'm coming from? Shake your head up and down. All right. That keeps you awake. And in that process, he's given that corn seed an assignment, if you will, and it produces something. Now, he has done the same with you and with me. And so what God gives you, there's a requirement that's connected to it. I I just jotted this down uh, this week. It's not a very good illustration, but it kind of connected with talking with an officer this week, the military. What God gives, he requires, but it's like an officer in the military. There's a reason why they don't give out eagles and stars cheaply. That first little stripe when you sign up is a real easy one to get. It's pretty much a given. I mean, I was an E-nothing when I went in. But they give you that one, but they don't give the stars and the, and the eagles, if you will, out very easily. And for those of you that have made it to maybe a colonel or, uh, or uh, whatever it is that your rank might be, you realize that. 
Because every step that you take, there's something harder to get to. Give me a man. And in that process, with that as well, there is a greater requirement. That's why they don't pass them out cheaply. So there's a requirement that's connected there, a greater responsibility, if you will. And it is the same with God. God requires of us. And some are required to do much more than others, but we're all required to do something. And to do that something correctly, whatever it is, big or small, it must be connected in our hearts. If we want to grow spiritually, it has to be, it must be, and it requires, God says, a humble heart, humility. And sometimes that's hard because you cannot take credit. It humbles you in the kingdom of God. The moment you start taking credit for where God has you in the body is the moment that you find yourself full of pride. And the moment you're full of pride, God steps back and says, go ahead. Go ahead. And there are too many times that I have stepped in the pulpits or in a class and I've said, look at me, and it was, woe is me at the end. And the reason was not because of God's willingness, it was because of my pride, humility. When you're humble, He will only lift you higher. You say, I don't want to go any higher. That's not in the deal. You didn't set it into order. God did. Look what he says there in uh, James chapter 4. We sing the song even. But humble yourself before the Lord. He will lift you up. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. So humility is required. And lifting or spiritual growth is a byproduct of humility. So the more I humble myself, the more God shows me off. Not for my benefit, because if it's for my benefit, it's a thing called pride, but it's for his glory. I've humbled myself, and God says, now watch me take you to the next level. And you may not want to go to the next level, but if you are humble, God's going to take you there. And that's how you get to the next level. Does anyone in this room want to grow spiritually? Give me an amen. You must humble yourself before the Lord for that to happen. Because it's the only way that will take place in your life. It's it. Those that are not lifted to the level in which God wants them to be lifted to, they should take, they should be very careful in their life because they are normally finding out, they will find out that they have not humbled themselves before the Lord. So if you say, I want to grow spiritually, but I find myself not growing spiritually, it is not because of God, but it is because you have not stepped in humility. Or knelt in humility, I should say. Humbleness does not bring you to perfection, however. Some people think that it does. Because when you arrive to the level that no one else has, you feel like, hey, hey, I'm the best. They're asking me all the questions. They're not asking you anymore. So therefore, I must be better than everyone else. What will, right? That's what happens. However, it does take us to a new level. Uh, humility doesn't bring us to perfection. It takes us to a new level spiritually. I wanted you to have that today. 
Now, I wrote the heart of this message on Tuesday morning. And I always have a heart in the message. I, I look for something during the week normally because I don't write these in advance. I just, I can't find, I might write pieces there and pull them in or whatever from other messages or other things that people have said and try to give credit where credit is due and all those things and it might hit a, hit a nerve there for me. But last Tuesday morning, as Donna was leaving to go to school, and it was probably just before seven, and it just like, I got to write this down. So the only thing laying on the counter at the house was this Walmart list. You ever, you have a Walmart list? You know, tea paper, uh, whatever it is. But anyway, so you know, it flips this thing over real quick and I just wrote on it. And when I wrote it out, I said, this is what, uh, this is, this is the heart for the message this week. So what did I write? Well, what have I discovered about humility? I thought to myself, what have I discovered about humility? Now I wrote this. I discovered that the fastest way to the front of the line is humility, and the fastest way to the end of the line is pride. Well, genius. Humility is, I wrote, also wrote, humility, I'm not finished yet. Okay, hang on. Humility is not an act. It is a surrender of heart. It's not acting. Some people think that they're, they're humble if they do this when they come to church. They walk around. Yes. Okay. Humility is not an act. It's a surrender of the heart. I also wrote, there is no such thing as a humble heart with a prideful flesh. Can't happen. Oil and water. It is impossible to humble yourself before God with the wrong motive. You, you might act humble in front of me or someone else, and they may take it, boy, he's real humble. But you can't act that way in front of God with the wrong motive because God sees right through it. This one really hit me. For it is better to tell God up front that you are dealing with a prideful heart than to have him discipline you in public. I thought about that for a moment and I said, man, I really need to spend time on that one. And I'll come back to that at some point. And I really want to hone in on the life of King Saul. Pride is like flypaper. Now, some of you are going, flypaper, all you millennials out there, you have no clue how lucky you have it. You, you don't even know what a fly stick is. When I was a kid growing up, we had these little cylinders. They're, they're, they're about like a, uh, uh, an M80 or something. And you would buy those at the store, and they were flypaper, and you would it had a little tack on it, and you push it up on the ceiling or on the front porch, string hanging down from it, you would Man, I wish this, this was... Me- See, this is Satan want to interrupting this message. It's not that you're not going to hear me, but somebody's not going to hear this in the future that needs to hear it. So in the name of Jesus, I claim this message to be heard. Flypaper. So he pulled out on his string, and it's kind of screwy-looey. It's kind of whatever. And flies come around. It's real sticky. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Hey, all right. Anybody have no clue what I'm talking about? Man, I should have put a picture up there. But I'm trying to draw you one here, so hang on. And so this squirrely stuff comes out, and it's real sticky, and flies come along, stick to it, they can't get off, thus lie paper. I remember at my grandma's or aunt's or uncle's or somewhere during the summer, and I grabbed a hold of one of those things. That thing was all over me. It was on my shirt, on my pants, on the side of my head. It stuck to my hair, pulled hair out. I mean, it was, and you can't get that stuff off. 
It is tough. It was everywhere from head to toe. That's what pride does. It sticks to you real good. And it's hard to get off. Somebody hear me. God is looking for a humble heart to work through. Has he found one in yours? Is the question. Matthew 23, more scripture. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Go ahead and lift yourself up. He'll let you do it. God will let you exalt yourself. Look at me. Look at me. See what I've done. What I've done. He will let you do that. But he tells you in that. He will humble you. But those who humble themselves, God will exalt. Once again, backs his word up. Therefore, humility is the key to our spiritual growth. Humility means to be lowly or to meek, if you look it up, to be submissive. Humility is a sense of knowing your importance, but remembering who you're in the presence of at all times. It's important to remember that all times, not sometimes on Sunday morning, but at all times that you are in the presence of God. Some people don't think that. They think they leave God at church on Sundays. Lakato says it like this. He says it well got a few quotes here from different ones today. Humility calls you to the back of the line. Pride calls you to the front, especially the front. He says, humility does not expect special treatment by others, while pride is greatly wounded if special treatment does not occur. He says, humility is, I love you. Pride says, I deserve to be loved by you. You see how it works? And he goes on with a great list in his books. I say humility looks just like Christ. He humbled himself and he came as a servant among us. So humility looks like Christ. Pride looks like anything but Christ. Someone has said, rightly so, God will work through our weakness but never through our pride. If you find that God is not working through you or you feel that he's not, then just check your pride level. If it is true, and it is, the sooner you own up to your weakness or your imperfections, the better off you will be. Why? Because your biggest spiritual step could await you by offering your weakness to God. Isn't that amazing? Thing that you think right now in your life is your weakest link. God says, I can take your weakest link and make it your strongest link as long as you give me glory for it. Think about that. It's pretty good. I think it is. Warren goes on to say, God is never limited by our limitations. For in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, God shows the weak things of the world to shame the strong. How many times have you seen that in your life? Throughout your life with other people. I would add to that this. If we are to be used by God and want to grow spiritually, we must offer Him our limitations. That's what Paul was getting at. God shows the weak. I can't do this. It's too much. But I trust you. It happens. You see, sometimes we think that pride is only boasting about what you've done or how good you are at something. Ballplayers get caught up in this. They get caught up in in t-ball. Junior high, high schoolers, college. Anybody know what that one, right? What was he doing? It's all about me. Show me the money. Now I play for free. 
And it is, anybody know? Manziel, show me the money. Grateful. Great talent. Grateful. True? You sports fans? True, isn't it? Seen it time and time again. And I pray that he gets his life together. That he will use his talent. And use it in a way that will glorify God. To allow these young kids that are coming up to simply say, hey, I was there, I've done that, and man, it was not pretty. And here's the proof of that. I've got the t-shirt and the film. But here's what you can do if you give it to God. Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? Pray for him. That would happen. So, Johnny Manziel, if you are listening to this CD, I would just ask that you would please take that at heart. Like he's going to be. But tonight. Warren says, but pride can also work in the opposite direction or on the opposite side of the coin. For in that, what happens? We become so prideful that we can't admit our weakness. And I found that interesting, so I underlined it in his book. He said, we know what we can, but our pride won't let us admit it to anyone. God wants to use your weakness as well as your strength. Admitting your weakness is not failure, but it can be your first step to your spiritual growth or your greatest step in your spiritual growth, and I'll prove that in just a minute. Wow. If you discover or you feel weak spiritually, ask yourself a simple question. It's really easy assignment. If you find yourself weak spiritually, ask yourself this simple question. What is standing in my way of my spiritual growth? Undoubtedly, in almost in every case, you're going to discover it's you. Because it is a decision on your part. David could not do it, but he did. Because he believed that God could and would. And he did. That's why. All throughout Scripture, you find individuals that were most unlikely to be able to do something, but with God in the picture, hello, great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews chapter 11. They couldn't, but God could, and God did. I would also challenge those that have been hiding or sheltering your weaknesses all your life. Some of you have been, haven't you? You know exactly who you are. You've been sheltering your weakness your entire life and you have become an expert at it. But there's a problem. You know what the problem is? You still have the weakness. It's still yours. Why not humble yourself and offer it to God and see what He will do with it? Because God is true to His Word. It's amazing what He can do. Don't limit what God can do in your weakness. I've tried that throughout my life, and it limited me, not God. I promise you this, and I've shared this first part, not maybe not the last part of it, so listen closely. I promise you this, that you are looking at a man that was the runt of the litter, literally the runt of the litter. They didn't even take a picture of me until I was three months old, and it's a picture from here to that door back there, and they say it's me, but you can't tell. As they get, 
I was the weakest in getting to do what I'm doing today. You're looking at him. And so here's the part you know. And for 11 years, I knew what God had called me to do. And for 11 years, I hid my weakness. I hid my weakness. Why did I hide my weakness? I hid my weakness because I thought if people could see what I am, they would make fun of me. If people could see me and all the things that I have stumbled in and all the imperfections of my life, that they would make fun of me. And I had enough of that in grade school when I was growing up. And that's the truth. You see, before I discovered that I have dyslexia at the age of 22, I just thought I was stupid. But I was smart stupid. And when kids made fun of me, what I would do is I would beat them up or at least try. In grade school, that's what I did. That's just being honest with you. I'm not proud of that fact, but that's what I did. I will see you at recess. And I met you at recess. And sometimes I came in with a black eye, and sometimes he came in with a black eye. And I always went home with red eye because I got sent to the principal's office. But the truth is, so I'm thinking to myself through this process, I'm thinking, okay, God, you want me to preach, that's okay. But I don't think you want me to go around beating up church people. But when I admitted, when I admitted my weakness, and I'll never forget the day, actually admitted, I was mowing the grass in Kentucky where it's real good. I was on a riding lawnmower, and it was a big, you know, acre or so of land. And I remember it hitting me and me releasing it like a ton of bricks. And I began to weep, so much so that if you would have saw the rolls that I, were, I was cutting, it was hilarious. And I could not stop until I released it all. In that weakest moment, in that weakest moment, I found the strength that God said was available 11 years before, because I released it to him. I assure you today, my friend, that he has seen your hurt. He has seen your pain. He has seen your weakness. And he knows everything about you. And I believe that he wants to strengthen you. And he wants to grow you spiritually. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, God's power is made perfect in my weakness. It's in my weakness that I find the strength to move forward. He understood, Paul did, and believed what God had told him. And when we believe what God has told us, we can say as Paul did, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. Because I step into eternity, class members, with an awesome God. Here's your weakness. Let's point out a couple and then we'll go home. Here's your weakness. You're lost without Jesus Christ in your life. You're lost. I don't like you saying that. I say it for God. You're lost. Jesus in your life. You're lost. 
I don't care how good you are, how good you try to be, how many times you come to church. You're too weak to make it. But the wonderful thing is, there's a promise from God. And in that promise is strength. Strength for you. For he says, your weakness pointed out, admitted to him, becomes your greatest moment. For in scripture he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But notice what he goes on to say. We often leave it out. For God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't send the son to condemn you. No. He sent the son to save you through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. It is that you have no strength outside of God, but in God you have enough strength to get to heaven. Isn't that good news? So your weakest link is you trying to get to heaven. Your strongest link can now become getting to heaven because you admitted your weakness, you've accepted Christ, He gives you the strength that you've never had or never will have on your own. Thank you. Here's your weakness. You cannot carry the burden that you're trying to carry all alone. For the past week, the past month, the past year, the past 10 years, you have been trying your best to carry this one on your own. You've tried everything. You've tried it. And you have the luggage to prove it. Here's a promise connected to God's strength. Because in every one of God's promises, not only are they true, there's something that comes with it. It's a bonus. It's a blessing for you. Watch what he's, watch what happens here. Because in that promise and that strength, come to me and I'll lighten your load, he says. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And some of you are longing for that rest, but you are going to walk out of here today and you're going to carry that luggage with you and you're going to go home and you're going to say, I am exhausted. And you can blame it on schoolwork or work work or whatever it is, but it is because you've been holding on to things that God says, if you will release it to me, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. I'm humble in heart, he's telling you. I am. I'm the one who humbled myself and came to earth in the first place. I am the one that did all of this for you. Now humble your heart to me and you will find rest for your soul. That's awesome. And some of you are longing for that today. And so here's my challenge for the week. Here's my challenge. Every day, admit to God. Take a moment every single day to admit to God something that you are weak in doing. Just admit it. God, I am weak in my prayer life. God, I am weak in my study. God, I am weak in saying the things the right way to people. God, I am weak in forgiving others that offended me. God, I am weak in looking at things I shouldn't look at, saying things I shouldn't say. God, I am weak in that. But when that happens, when you get that out of you, say these things. Quote this, when I am weak, then I am strong. 
When I am weak, then I am strong in the Lord. For you are my strength, O God, every day. And say as David did long ago, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Take not your spirit from me, but clean me out. Take my weakness and make it be the strength that you offer for your glory. That's the message. To grow spiritually. Stay humble before the Lord. Maybe today moved by God and you, you want to surrender to that. You want this strength. You want salvation. It's available. Come, come, he says. And so we're going to sing a song for you. Or maybe today you have a prayer request and you the burden that you've been carrying or you're, you're just under this load and you want some lightning of that. You want some of that off of you. We'll pray for you and with you. Come, come, he says. And so that's what we say right now is together we stand and sing this song. You come.